Hey everyone, it's Kier here. Welcome back to another episode. On this episode, I'm going to be doing a Q&A. I posted on my Instagram stories um, if you guys had any questions that you wanted me to answer on the podcast that now is the time to ask and now I'm going to answer them. Um, if you have any questions that you want to ask me if you missed that little Instagram um story post, go ahead and send me a DM on Instagram at funsize.nutrition and ask away. You can also email me at kirstensafelli at gmail.com. I will put that in the show notes for you. But if you have any questions at all, please feel free to ask me and I will either answer them in person or put them on this podcast. Um, So let's dive into it. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions. So we're just going to dive on in. The first question is, I know that setting a goal to lose X amount of pounds may not be ideal or realistic, but setting a goal to feel better is too vague. So what kind of goal can I set that isn't so extreme? Okay, I love this question because it tells me that you're already pretty much aware of what's truly best for you. So I'm sure that as you scroll through social media, you're getting bombarded with messages of how to lose weight fast. But on the other hand, you also get these healthy at any size messages that tell you to eat without guilt. Um, it's I see these messages all the time like I can scroll through and it's like oh one's this and like the next post is one in the opposite direction and opposite message and it's so fucking hard to know what's right um but I think it's a little bit of both right there's that middle ground that healthy balance so I don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting to work on your body composition to feel better about yourself as long as you do it in a healthy manner and understand that it's going to take a little bit of time and um, doing it in the slow way is probably not the sexiest thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. And it sounds like you already know that. Um, but on the other hand, like training for a bikini competition seems way too extreme and you don't actually want to go through all of that bullshit either. So I totally, totally get it. And I think the reason why things like bikini competitions and like weddings or anything like that works really well for goals is because they give you a specific event to work towards that's like not just this indefinite amount of time, right? Like I, a lot of people say that it's like, oh, I just want to be healthy. It's like, well, yeah, I get that. But like, by, like, by when do you want to be healthy by? Like, I mean... I don't know. It's it's just this ongoing thing, right? So I think having a timeline goal is a good idea because it gives you like this touch point to reach that's within sight. And I say that on purpose because it's never an end destination. Like you're never going to just finish and, you know, that's the end of your healthy journey. Like that's never the case at all. You just life is a journey and you're just going to keep having new goals and new things, right? So speaking of destinations, vacations are great goalposts and that kind of brings me to the modeling events that I do. So the company that I do most of my modeling through is called the International Bikini Model Search and they have events 
all over the world, pretty much, where models and photographers of all experience levels, it doesn't matter if you have never modeled before in your life, you can attend these things. Um, But all experience levels are welcome, and we work together to create some bomb-ass art. So I love it because there's no height or body size requirements. Like, you don't have to be a certain size. You don't have to have certain measurements. You don't have to even be tall in order to do this. And so everyone of all shapes and sizes are totally welcome to come participate. And you don't need to diet down or do anything crazy. But I think that having something like this is a really nice soft goal because like you don't have to diet down. You don't have to be a specific size to attend. And you get to go on vacation and you'll leave with some like really incredible photos of yourself that will boost your confidence like 10,000 times. So that's like a huge um, recommendation that I always kind of give to my clients when they're like, yeah, like I just... I want to be healthy and I want to tone up, but I don't really know what I'm doing it for. Like, aside from wanting to feel good, right? Is like, there's got to be that kind of end thing to work towards. And that's a really, really good thing. Um, Because it, like I said, it's not too harsh, but it's it's a goal. It's definitely a challenging goal. So if you're not into the modeling thing and that does not sound appealing to you at all, you don't care for that kind of thing, you might want to consider some performance goals. So it might look like you want to lift X amount or you want to run under X amount of time, um, something like that. Now, it's hard to kind of come up with those realistic amounts when you have never achieved them before. But if you set small goals, you know, and meet those, and each time you meet a small goal, then you increase it a little bit more. I think that's a great way to, you know, keep going. So for me, those personal records of performance, they don't work for me long term. Um, Like, I feel like they only make me happy in the moment, but then like, for the rest of the day, I kind of forgot that I even did that. And it just doesn't work for me nearly as well. Like I've seen so many other people have really, really, really great success with that sort of goal. Um, But it's not something that I really do, but it could work for you. And so, yeah, like those would kind of be my three tips for that is like one, seriously have a timeline, you know, and even if it's you don't have necessarily like a vacation or something that's actually like set in stone set one for yourself be like okay in three months I want to have this or do this or whatever it is um set a timeline for yourself two have a performance goal and three branch out and try a modeling event like if you want to learn more about those events and um just have more of an idea of what happens, go ahead and listen to my podcast. I believe it's episode number five with Patrick McKinney. If it's not that number, I apologize, but just scroll back. Patrick McKinney, IBMS, that's where you want to go. He is the founder and I interview him and we talk a little bit about the events and how it all goes down. The second question is, what have you done for dealing with body image issues and keeping your mind positive? This is another great question. Okay, so first off, can I just say how fucking normal it is to have body image issues? Like, I don't know a single female out there who has never been self-conscious of anything 
about her body ever. Like, it's so normal. Even your favorite fitness model, who you might think has the most perfect body in the entire world, has had some doubts about herself at some point. It is so human for us to feel this way. And I just want you to know that you are not alone at, at any price. Like, no, you are not alone. And these feelings just, they don't just magically go away. You know, they, you can't ignore them and then they go away. It's not going to happen like that. You have to address the issue and practice having a more positive mindset. And sometimes they come and go. Like sometimes, you know, you can have this long streak of not giving a fuck and like really just owning who you are and feeling fine. And then just one day out of nowhere, bam, you get hit with it and you're like, where the hell did this come from? I didn't care. And so that's the thing. It just, it's always kind of going to be there. And once you have that realization of, okay, like it's a practice and it's not just thing, something that I have or don't have, that's when it gets a little bit easier. So I still have my bad days where I pick myself apart too, as much as I practice having a positive mindset. But there's kind of like three major things that I do that I'm going to share with you now that really help to kind of ease those body image issues when they do come up. So first is to stop following twigs and anyone who makes you feel bad about yourself on social media, okay? This is a big one for me. Cleaning up my newsfeed and following more like bigger body women who I feel like I can relate to easier. Um, that's just made all the difference, you know? Like it's it's just opened up my world and been like, okay, like there's only 5% of the population that actually looks like ripped and shredded all the time. And they're probably not actually happy. But um, anyway, that's besides the point. Having people, like surrounding yourself with people that you can relate to, just it always feels better. So clean up the social media or just stay off social media in general if you're having one of those really bad days. The second piece of advice would be to practice daily gratitude and affirmations. And it's literally taking like five minutes to make a list of three things that you're grateful for and then three affirmations or phrases that set yourself up for like a positive day. And I do this almost every morning on an app in my phone and it's super simple legit takes me less than five minutes to do this and it's not something that you do once and then it fixes everything it's legitimately a practice that takes repetitions like doing it every single day and this practice is actually part of my fun-sized formula so for more details about how I practice having a positive mindset and how you can do it too, you can go to funsizedformula.com course and then scroll all the way down to the bottom where it says course curriculum and then um, you can see the first module there and it has a free preview. So just click on the button that says preview and then you can go ahead and watch my lessons and take it from there. And lastly, um, for my tips for bot positive body image is keeping yourself busy by doing something that takes you out of your head and away from your thoughts on those bad body image days. So let's say things are really rough. Like the worst thing you can do is continue to look in the mirror and pick yourself apart. 
That's not a good option. And if you're not ready to kind of like address yourself to stand in the mirror and be like, no, I love my belly. You know, if you're not ready for that spot yet, that point yet, that's a very difficult situation. Um, Takes a lot of courage and stamina to be able to do that. Um, But if you're not there yet, um, I highly suggest just doing something that takes your mind away from it. Find ways to distract yourself from thinking about it and like go for a walk, read, journal, hang out with friends. Do something that's going to make you feel good. Odds are, if you do it right, you're going to forget that you were having a bad day to begin with. Question number three, is it okay to run every day? Is training for a marathon too extreme? Okay, two-part question here. So I'm going to answer the first part and then the second part. Well, duh, Kirsten. Um, (laughs) But anyway, my answer is that it depends on the person. So if you're someone who hasn't been running regularly every day, I highly suggest working up to running every day and maybe starting with like every other day and then eventually going to two days on, one day off, and then eventually working up to that almost every day kind of thing if that's something that you really enjoy. If running is not something you enjoy and you're running just because you think it's going to help you lose weight, then no. I don't think it's okay to run every day because what you're going to do with that is you're going to create a negative relationship with exercise and that's never a good thing. On that same note, listen to your body. If you're running almost every day or every day, listen to your body. If you don't have any injuries and no tweaks and everything's feeling good, you're being properly fed, then go for that run, girl. But If you have any sort of pain and not eating enough to sustain those runs, then it's not okay to run. And give yourself some grace and give yourself some time to rest and recover. I think for like an average person, training for a marathon might be a tad extreme, especially if you've never ran one before, okay? But again, like I would work up to it by doing a couple 5Ks and then maybe some 10Ks and 15Ks and then a half marathon and then eventually getting up to that full marathon. But only if everything feels good and you're well-fueled and you have no injuries. And I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is that running a marathon is exactly that. It's a marathon. It is not a sprint. So go slow and take the time to train for it. I personally have never ran a marathon and I don't have any desire to, but I would imagine that it would take at least, at least a year of training to work up to it. So take the time and do it right and your body will thank you for it later. Okay, next question. I've tracked calories and macros in the past and every time I do, I get super anal and obsessed over it. I start to overthink it and end up eating less than my goals. How do you count so effortlessly or do you get obsessed over it too? Okay, yeah, so I can completely understand where you're coming from. There has definitely been a time where I was way too obsessive over tracking and started to make all these stupid little food rules for myself about what I couldn't have and I would get so excited on the very few days that I wasn't able to meet my macros because I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, It's probably better that 
I'm under anyway because I've, I'm always overeating, even though I wasn't. But um, I had to kind of take a break from tracking macros at that point. Like, it was pretty apparent to me that there was a negative food relationship. Um, if it wasn't there already, it was definitely coming. So I had to take a break from it, and I tried this intuitive eating approach. And um, it worked really good. To Like, it felt... I felt free to kind of take that break, right? But I think what I eventually found was that I ended up eating even less when I was trying to intuitively eat because I was still thinking about it and still overthinking about it. So I actually found that it was better for me to start tracking again. And and that's because it was like I had this tangible goal to work towards. And I think it was after that experience that I was like, okay, I probably wasn't doing macros with the right mindset before. And I think sometimes that when we do macros alone um, and we try to coach ourselves, which is a very tough thing to do, we get so wrapped up in the, oh my God, am I even doing this right? And that causes us to reconsider and move things around. And then we're like, wait, is that even right? And sometimes, honestly, it's just better to have an outside perspective, like, a second set of eyes to make sure that everything looks okay or even just someone to check in on you from time to time and be like how how's things going and having that extra accountability factor is is everything and so that's why I recently actually introduced two new one-on-one coaching programs for those who feel like they are pretty experienced with macros and they, and they don't need to relearn it necessarily but they're looking for the extra accountability and the extra set of eyes and the extra help on the minor things that could make all the difference. So for example, um, my bite-sized monthly account accountability program is for those who are pretty self-motivated but want like petite specific advice. So included in this program is um, my fitness pal or food journal audits where I review your food journal and tell you whether everything is aligned with the goal that you've set for yourself, or I make little suggestions for what to change so that it is aligned with your goals. And I also uh, review your form on any exercise and give feedback on how to enhance that movement so that you get maximal results. Because let's face it, like if we're not doing the exercises right in the gym, then it's a complete waste of time. So it's that little bit of extra help and extra guidance that's super petite specific and it's only $10 a month, so less than your gym membership costs. So if you're interested in that, you can go to kirstensfelly.com where you can take a look at all the details and then apply for the program there. Next question is a big one. Okay, I've been weightlifting for six months and going hard on it. When I first started, I saw muscle tone and looked great. In the past two months, I've been doing more cardio and increasing my weight and reps. What I want to know is why everything is fitting tighter now. I expected to see more muscle tone, but I just look fat in all my clothes. Okay, so my first thought here is what does your eating look like and has it changed in the last two months? So 
if you've decreased your calories and increased your exercise, your body might be too stressed out and it might be going into like that survival mode that you constantly hear about. And it's trying to hold on to every little thing it's got because it feels like it's in that not safe state. Um, On the other hand, if you've increased your calories, you're probably gaining muscle, which might be what's causing you to feel bigger. If it's the second one, honestly, you're in a fin in a fantastic spot. Basically, what you did was you went on this little mini bulk or um, muscle building phase. So now is the time to switch gears and maybe go on a little cut by slowly decreasing your calories so that you shed some of your stored body fat. So this is, would look like a little deficit, but it's not an extreme deficit. Like you don't need to cut 500 calories at once, especially if you're petite. Just simply start by decreasing carbs by like five grams and fat by like two grams. Maybe this is just so rough that I'm just throwing numbers out at you, but small little adjustments like that, it's nothing huge. And do that for about a week and see what that does for you. If you feel better, then you can hold it around there for another week or so until you plateau. And when you plateau, um, even if that first week wasn't enough, um, what you want to do is you want to bring it down a little bit more. And so, like I said, it's just small little adjustments over time. It's not a huge deficit, but um, those little increases or little decreases will make all the difference. But if the first scenario is your case. So if you decreased your calories and increased your exercise in the past two months um, and you're feeling like you're in that little survival mode, you might want to consider increasing calories or backing off the exercises a little bit, um, which is actually a really great segue for this next question, which is how do you recover a metabolism that has slowed down from eating too little over a long period of time? This is such a good question because I feel like this is where I was at um, just before my HA journey. Um, But your metabolism can absolutely slow down if you're constantly under eating because it's like, oh my God, we aren't getting enough fuel. So we have to find a way to survive on the little bit that we're getting. So we're going to slow down the rate of the absorption. It's, and it's going to prolong the amount of fuel, amount of fuel that we have. I don't know why I can't talk today. Um, so to fix this and to convince your body that there is fuel coming in, the first thing that comes to mind is something called reverse dieting, where instead of slowly taking away calories, you're slowly adding calories over time. And as a petite, like I was saying before, I would maybe add, I don't know, just throwing a freaking number at you guys, 40 calories for per day um, for the first week so um, 40 calories might not seem like a lot right it's like one unsalted rice cake or like a few extra nuts or maybe another big bite of protein so it's really not that much but let's just say you've been eating like a thousand calories and you know that it's not enough for the level of activity that you've been doing. So you can start by adding a couple more grams of carbs and fats because that's pretty 
I'm pretty sure that's what your body needs because typically what I see from girls who are in a deficit is that they're getting plenty of protein because they're aware of that protein is satiating, it's uh, muscle building, but what they actually fear is the carbs and the fats. And if that's you, you might want to drop the protein by a little bit, let's say like about five grams, but then add, let's say, those four grams and two grams of fat. And that's what that's going to do is it's going to kind of balance your calories out. You're not going to be increasing by 40 calories um, because, you know, you're decreasing one and then putting two up. But it's going to change the ratio of um, macronutrients that you're having. And yeah, and then from there, like you just start slow and you don't have to make these huge jumps And over time, you just like slowly increase more and more. And you'll see that you won't even gain as much weight as you might have thought that you would. And so each week, you just kind of shimmy it up a little bit more and a little bit more. And if you're not sure about what to change and how much to increase, this is exactly what I help you do as a coach in my pint size and my fun sized one on one coaching programs. I have helped multiple clients increase their overall calories without gaining fat. In fact, they might see the scale go up, but it's more because they actually gain muscle than fat and because they're finally feeding their body with the fuel that it needs. So I highly suggest the slow increase of calories over time though, because if you were to just increase your calories all at once, like I did, your metabolism isn't going to be able to catch up as fast and you'll probably end up storing more fat, which I'm almost positive that you don't want. (laughs) So it is a tricky thing, but it is possible to increase your metabolism. You are absolutely not broken. Okay. So if you feel like you're this way, it's okay. Like you can manipulate it and change it. And even if you hard like me and you were like, you know what, I'm just going to go balls to the wall and increase my calories a lot. It's possible to bounce back from that as well. Last question is how much are your fun size crop tops and where can I get one? So they are $25 total, which includes shipping. If you live in the United States, if you live outside of the United States, we're going to have to figure out what shipping would cost and then we can go from there. Um, But right now I've just been shipping inside the U.S. I don't have an online store yet, so I've been just using Venmo and PayPal. So if you'd like to purchase one, you can message me on Instagram at funsize.nutrition with your shirt size and mailing address, and I'll send you my info to use Venmo or PayPal. And I know that crop tops aren't everyone's jam, but I went with crop tops because honestly, regular tank tops are usually way too long on us petites. Um, So I'm working on getting some other styles of clothing though, because I just want to branch out and do more because it's been so fun, but um, not really sure which direction to go in. So if you have any special requests about what you would like to have the fun size logo on, please feel free to message me and tell me what you want. I'm totally open to doing made to order items. So if you want a pair of shorts, if you want a sweatshirt, we can figure it out and do it as we go. Okay. 
cool. So that is it for the questions. Like I said, if you have any more questions, um, if anything arised after listening to this, or if you have a completely new question, feel free to message me on Instagram or email me and I will be very happy to answer your questions and possibly put them on this podcast as well. So thank you guys so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.